I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I've developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we're reading Nehemiah chapters 8 through 10. This is the New King James Version of the podcast. The King James Version is also available. We began in chapter 8 with the big New Year's celebration in verse 1. Now all the people gathered together as one man in the open square that was in front of the water gate, and they told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded Israel. So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly of men and women, and all who could hear with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. Then he read from it in the open square that was in front of the water gate from morning until midday, before the men and women and those who could understand, and the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. So Ezra the scribe stood on a platform of wood which they had made for the purpose, and beside him at his right stood Mattathiah, Shema, Anaiah, Urijah, Hilkiah, and Maaseah, and at his left hand Padeah, Mishael, Malchijah, Hashem, Hashbadana, Zechariah, and Meshulam. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was standing above all the people, and when he opened it, all the people stood up. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. Then all the people answered, Amen, Amen, while lifting up their hands. And they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Also, Jeshua, Benai, Sherebiah, Jamin, Akub, Shabbatai, Hadijah, Maaseah, Kalita, Azariah, Jazabad, Hanan, Peleah, and the Levites helped the people to understand the law, and the people stood in their place. So they read distinctly from the book in the law of God, and they gave the sense and helped them to understand the reading. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn nor weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites quieted all the people, saying, Be still, for the day is holy. Do not be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and drink, to send portions and rejoice greatly, because they understood the words that were declared to them. Well, it's 445 B.C., and the walls around Jerusalem have been rebuilt. The first day of the seventh month, by the way, was the New Year's Day of the civil calendar. We see that in Leviticus 23, verses 23 through 25, and Numbers 29, verses 1 through 6. They get together, and Ezra reads the law to them from early in the morning until midday. These folks who returned from exile were motivated to get it right before God this time. Notice the effect the reading of the law had on these Jews. They were enthusiastic. You may have noticed from verse 9 that Ezra and Nehemiah co-sponsored this event. You'll also notice from verse 9 here that Nehemiah was the governor during this period. Ezra was the priest and scribe. Ezra had arrived in Jerusalem 13 years earlier to organize temple worship. That was 458 B.C. That's recorded in Ezra chapter 7. 
Then we have the time for the annual campout in Nehemiah chapter 8, verses 13 through 18. Verse 13. Now on the second day, the heads of the fathers' houses of all the people, with the priests and Levites, were gathered to Ezra the scribe in order to understand the words of the law. And they found written in the law, which the Lord had commanded by Moses, that the children of Israel should dwell in booths during the feast of the seventh month, and that they should announce and proclaim in all their cities and in Jerusalem, saying, Go out to the mountain and bring olive branches, branches of oil trees, myrtle branches, palm branches, and branches of leafy trees, to make booths as it is written. Then the people went out and brought them and made themselves booths, each one on the roof of his house or in their courtyards or the courts of the house of God, and in the open square of the water gate and in the open square of the gate of Ephraim. So the whole assembly of those who had returned from the captivity made booths and sat under the booths. For since the days of Joshua the son of Nun, until that day the children of Israel had not done so. And there was very great gladness. Also, day by day, from the first day until the last day, he read from the book of the law of God. And they kept the feast seven days. And on the eighth day, there was a sacred assembly according to the prescribed manner. In the reading of the law, they discover the Feast of Tabernacles or Booths recorded in Leviticus chapter 23, verses 34 to 43. So for seven days, they observed this festival by camping out just like in the old days. If you're looking at the written notes of BibleTrack.org for today, you'll notice from the chart that I've provided that this festival was to begin on the 15th day of the month. Presumably, they used the days in between to prepare for their seven-day camping experience. Incidentally, this campout is observed seven months after the Passover. That would put it in the October-November time frame. That's perhaps a little cool for a truly outstanding uh, campout experience. Then we come to Nehemiah chapter 9, what a meeting, verse 1. Now on the 24th day of this month, the children of Israel were assembled with fasting and sackcloth and with dust on their heads. Then those of Israelite lineage separated themselves from all foreigners, and they stood and confessed their sins and the iniquities of their fathers. And they stood up in their place and read from the book of the law of the Lord their God for one-fourth of the day. And for another fourth they confessed and worshipped the Lord their God. Then Jeshua, Bani, Kadmael, Shebaniah, Bunai, Sherebiah, Bani, and Kenanai stood on the stairs of the Levites and cried out with a loud voice to the Lord their God. And the Levites, Jeshua, Kadmael, Bani, Hashabniah, Sherebiah, Adijah, Shebaniah, and Pethahiah said, Stand up and bless the Lord your God forever and ever. Blessed be your glorious name, which is exalted above all blessing and praise. You alone are the Lord. You have made heaven, the heaven of heavens, with all their hosts, the earth and everything on it, the seas and all that is in them, and you preserve them all. The host of heaven worships you. You are the Lord God who chose Abram and brought him out of Ur of the Chaldeans. And gave him the name of Abraham, you found his heart faithful before you, and made a covenant with him, to give the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, and the Girgashites, to give it to his descendants, you have performed your words, for you are righteous. You saw the affliction of our fathers in Egypt, and heard their cry by the Red Sea. You showed signs and wonders against Pharaoh, against all his servants, and against all the people of his land. For you knew that they acted proudly against them. 
So you made a name for yourself as it is this day, and you divided the sea before them, so that they went through the midst of the sea on the dry land, and their persecutors you threw into the deep as a stone into the mighty waters. Moreover, you led them by day with a cloudy pillar, and by night with a pillar of fire, to give them light on the road which they should travel. You came down also on Mount Sinai, and spoke with them from heaven, and gave them just ordinances and true laws, good statutes and commandments. You made known to them your holy Sabbath, and commanded them precepts, statutes, and laws, by the hand of Moses your servant. You gave them bread from heaven for their hunger, and brought them water out of the rock for their thirst, and told them to go in to possess the land which you had sworn to give them. But they and our fathers acted proudly, hardened their necks, and did not heed your commandments. They refused to obey, and they were not mindful of your wonders that you did among them. But they hardened their necks, and in their rebellion they appointed a leader to return to their bondage. But you are God, ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abundant in kindness, and did not forsake them. Even when they made a molded calf for themselves, and said, This is your God that brought you up out of Egypt, and worked great provocations. Yet in your manifold mercies you did not forsake them in the wilderness. The pillar of the cloud did not depart from them by day to lead them on the road, nor the pillar of fire by night to show them light, and the way they should go." You also gave your good spirit to instruct them, and did not withhold your manna from their mouth, and gave them water for their thirst. Forty years you sustained them in the wilderness. They lacked nothing. Their clothes did not wear out, and their feet did not swell. Moreover, you gave them kingdoms and nations, and divided them into districts. So they took possessions of the land of Sihon, the land of the king of Heshbon, and the land of Og, king of Bashan. You also multiplied their children as the stars of heaven and brought them into the land which you had told their fathers to go in and possess. So the people went in and possessed the land. You subdued before them the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites, and gave them into their hands with their kings and the people of the land that they might do with them as they wished. And they took strong cities and a rich land and possessed houses full of all goods, cisterns already dug, vineyards, olive groves, and fruit trees in abundance. So they ate and were filled and grew fat, and delighted themselves in your great goodness. Nevertheless, they were disobedient and rebelled against you, cast your law behind their backs, and killed your prophets who testified against them to turn them to yourself. And they worked great provocations. Therefore you delivered them into the hand of their enemies, who oppressed them. And in the time of their trouble, when they cried to you, you heard from heaven, and according to your abundant mercies, you gave them deliverers who saved them from the hand of their enemies. But after they had rest, they again did evil before you. Therefore you left them in the hand of their enemies so that they had dominion over them. Yet when they returned and cried out to you, you heard from heaven, and many times you delivered them according to your mercies and testified against them that you might bring them back to your law. Yet they acted proudly and did not heed your commandments, but sinned against your judgments, which if a man does, he shall live by them. And they shrugged their shoulders, stiffened their necks, and would not hear. Yet for many years you had patience with them and testified against them by your spirit and your prophets. Yet they would not listen. Therefore you gave them into the hand of the peoples of the lands. Nevertheless, in your great mercy, you did not utterly consume them nor forsake them. For you are God, gracious and merciful. Now therefore, our God, 
the great, the mighty, and awesome God, who keeps covenant and mercy. Do not let all the trouble seem small before you that has come upon us, our kings and our princes, our priests and our prophets, our fathers, and on all your people, from the days of the kings of Assyria until this day. However, you are just in all that has befallen us, for you have dealt faithfully, but we have done wickedly. Neither our kings nor our princes, our priests nor our fathers have kept your law, nor heeded your commandments and your testimonies with which you testified against them. They have not served you in their kingdom or in the many good things that you gave them or in the large and rich land which you set before them, nor do they turn from their wicked works. Here we are, servants today, and the land that you gave to our fathers to eat its fruit and its bounty, here we are, servants in it. And it yields much increase to the kings you have set before us because of our sins. Also they have dominion over our bodies and our cattle at their pleasure. And we are in great distress, and because of all this we make a sure covenant and write it, our leaders, our Levites, and our priests seal it. Now, here's some serious people about serving God. You'd have to admit that. They aren't taking anything for granted here. Notice how seriously they take their hobnobbing with the local riffraff, the Gentiles. They separated themselves from those folks. Obviously, they realized that the downfall of Israel and Judah in the first place was the fact that they continued to coexist with the folks in Canaan whom they did not ask to leave back in the conquest of Joshua's day. They subsequently were corrupted by worship of those foreign gods and were drawn away from the worship of the one true God. Not this time, though. And then the six-hour meeting, three hours just hearing the law read and another three hours confessing their sins. You can confess a lot of sin in three hours. That was followed by a public prayer led by the Levites. This prayer outlines the history of Israel. Listen, title it, Where We Went Wrong. Beginning with verse 32, we see where this thing is going. They remind God that it's been tough, especially in those declining years before the falls of Israel and Judah. But their fathers deserve what they got. They remind God in this prayer, they say, Now we're living under foreign domination that we deserve. But God, remember your covenant to your people. Then the deal clincher. A covenant in writing signed by the who's who of the returning exiles. Like I said... These people are serious about doing God's will at this point. A particularly interesting verse in the recitation of Israel's history in this passage is reference to the 40 years of their wilderness journey when they reminded the people in verse 21, 40 years you sustained them in the wilderness. They lacked nothing, their clothes did not wear out, and their feet did not swell. That's right out of the statements of fact found in Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 7, and Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 4. It should also be noted in this passage that they are not content with the state of affairs at the time. Notice verses 36 and 37. They say, Here we are, servants today, and the land that you gave to our fathers to eat its fruit and its bounty, here we are, servants in it. And it yields much increase to the kings you have set over us because of our sins. Also they have dominion over our bodies and over our cattle at their pleasure, and we are in great distress. Well, there we see an acknowledgment of being back on the land of their forefathers, but not independent as a nation. The point is made here that the increase of their labor still goes to the kings you have set over us. Obviously, they see that more work needs to be done. Let's sign that covenant.
So who signed this covenant? In Nehemiah chapter 10, verses 1 through 27, we get a list of names. Verse 1. Now those who placed their seal on the document were Nehemiah the governor, the son of Hakaliah, and Zedekiah, Sariah, Azariah, Jeremiah, Pashur, Amariah, Malchijah, Hattush, Shebaniah, Malak, Haram, Merimoth, Obadiah, Daniel, Genethon, Baruch, Meshalam, Abijah, Majaman, Maaziah, Bilgai, and Shemaiah. These were the priests. The Levites, Jeshua the son of Azaniah, Benoi of the sons of Hinadad and Kadmiel. Their brethren, Shebaniah, Hadijah, Kalida, Peleah, Hanan, Micah, Rehob, Hashabiah, Zachar, Sherebiah, Shebaniah, Hadijah, Benai, and Benainu. The leaders of the people, Perosh, Pehath, Moab, Elam, Zatu, Benai, Bunai, Azgad, Bebai, Adonijah, Bigvi, Aden, Ader, Hezekiah, Azur, Hadijah, Hashem, Bizai, Haref, Anathoth, Nebai, Magpiash, Meshulam, Hezer, Meshezebel, Zadok, Zadua, Pelatiah, Hanan, Anaim, Hoshea, Hananiah, Hashab, Halahesh, Pilhah, Shobak, Rehum, Hashibnah, Maasiah, Ahijah, Hanan, Anan, Malak, Haram, and Ba'anah. Uh, it's a good thing you're curious about who exactly were the signers of this covenant on behalf of the people of Jerusalem and Israel, because here's the list, the long list. And if you weren't really, really interested, you might find that list a little bit boring. There's nothing like establishing a national resolve to do right by writing your covenant out and physically signing your name to that document. They publicly and formally declare their intent to serve the one true God. Then here are the stipulations of that covenant in verses 28 through 39. Verse 28. Now the rest of the people, the priests, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers, the Nethanim, and all those who had separated themselves from the peoples of the land to the law of God, their wives, their sons, and their daughters, everyone who had knowledge and understanding, these joined with their brethren, their nobles, and entered into a curse and an oath to walk in God's law, which was given by Moses, the servant of God, and to observe and do all the commandments of the Lord our God and his ordinances and his statutes. We would not give our daughters as wives to the peoples of the land, nor take their daughters for our sons. If the peoples of the land brought wares or any grain to sell on the Sabbath day, we would not buy it from them on the Sabbath or on a holy day, and we would forego the seventh year's produce and the exacting of every debt. Also we made ordinances for ourselves to exact from ourselves yearly one-third of a shekel for the service of the house of our God, for the showbread, for the regular grain offering, for the regular burnt offering of the Sabbaths, the new moons, and the set feast, for the holy things, for the sin offerings to make atonement for Israel, and all the work of the house of our God. We cast lots among the priests, the Levites, and the people for bringing the wood offering into the house of our God according to our fathers' houses, at the appointed times, year by year, to burn on the altar of the Lord our God, as it is written in the law. And we made ordinances to bring the first fruits of our ground and the first fruits of all fruit of all trees, year by year, to the house of the Lord, to bring the firstborn of our sons and our cattle, as it is written in the law, 
and the firstborn of our herds from our flocks to the house of our God, to the priest to minister in the house of our God, to bring the first fruits of our dough, our offerings, the fruit from all kinds of trees, the new wine and oil, to the priest, to the storerooms of the house of our God, and to bring the tithes of our land to the Levites, for the Levites should receive the tithes in all our farming communities. And the priest, the descendant of Aaron, shall be with the Levites when the Levites receive tithes. And the Levites shall bring up a tenth of the tithes to the house of our God, to the rooms of the storehouse. For the children of Israel and the children of Levi shall bring the offering of the grain, of the new wine and the oil, to the storerooms where the articles of the sanctuary are, where the priests who minister and the gatekeepers and the singers are, and we will not neglect the house of our God. Well, here it is. Everything this congregation of Jews agreed to in writing that day, all fulfilling their understanding of the law of Moses. First, they said, we'll do all the commandments. Secondly, we won't let our kids intermarry with non-Jewish folks. Thirdly, we won't buy from the non-Jewish locals on the Sabbath day. Fourthly, we'll rest our land from farming every seventh year. Fifthly, we'll even forgive debt every seventh year. And last, number six, we're going to support the house of God with our tithes and offerings. It's interesting to note that they instituted a temple tax of one-third of a shekel in verse 32. That was neither a tithe nor proportional giving on increase. It was a designated amount for everyone, regardless of income, to be paid each year. The remaining verses of this chapter reveal that the tithe of their increase was paid in addition to this specified temple tax. This tax, by the way, is based upon Exodus chapter 30, verses 11 through 16. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Fayette Bible Church, Paul Walker.